It is summer, glorious, delicious, spicy summer. And just like your favorite summer hits, I'm bringing back some of my favorite episodes this summer from season one and season two. And this month I'm really excited because I'm highlighting some of my delicious divorce dad and dude episodes with my men in the mix June lineup. So grab a cool drink, find a sunny spot, and of course, invite your friends to join in. It's time to soak up all the replay rays this summer on Sadie's Divorced and Happy Podcast. Does your heart rate go up when you hear the word remarriage? Feel a little bit sick to your stomach, break into a cold sweat. Well, for we divorced people, the hot topic of remarriage either makes us want to say, hell yeah, or hell no. For me, it's flat out scary to think about remarriage. So when I met my guest, Scary to Remarry YouTube host, Sean Heineman, I knew I had to have him on the podcast. Sean believes marriage can be better the second time around and loves how his second marriage challenges him to be a more vulnerable and communicative person. If you're ready to remarry or are even considering a second walk down the aisle, listening to this episode is a must. Well, welcome to the podcast, Sean. So happy to have you with us today. Yes. Thank you so much, Sadie, for giving me this opportunity. I'm excited. Yeah, it's uh, going to be what great. A, yes, what an honor it is to be on your platform to speak to your audience. I don't take this lightly. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, we appreciate you having uh, this conversation with us about this very hot topic. I have to tell the listeners before we dive in that you and I met via Clubhouse, which is a new hot app on iTunes. And how would you explain Clubhouse to the listeners who maybe aren't familiar? Yes, Clubhouse is more of, uh, I w- it's almost like, I would say almost like high school. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, and, and what I would say from the high school, I would say as far as classes, right? Like you're in this hallway and you go into these different classrooms. Visually, I yeah. like this. Yeah. So if you're going into an English class, like everybody has English, but everybody has different English teachers or, you know, even in college. Right. You go into these different rooms and there's different topics being addressed. And for the most part, or well, you will be able to go into any room that you want to, depending on the topic. And you're able to go in and out of each room. So many topics. Yes. Something for everyone on Clubhouse. So when I was viewing different uh, profiles on Clubhouse, I noticed yours immediately because it had your YouTube channel title, which is Scary to Remarry. That stood out, Sean. (laughs) I definitely need to meet this guy. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to ask you, what brought you to create a YouTube channel called Scary to Remarry? Well, first of all, it rhymes, so it's kind it of sure hard. It does. To, it's yeah. very memorable. <laughs> yeah, uh, it rhymes. And second of all, it, it came from a vulnerable place in my life where I was going through a divorce. And I know for anyone who's going through a divorce and they plan on remarrying again, once they get out into this dating world, they start to question themselves sometimes. Do you just have what bit. it takes? Yeah, just, just a, a little bit. Just maybe like half a question, you know. <laughs> And you ask yourself, do you have what it takes to say I do again or to open your heart to someone else again after giving, you know, your your heart and your life to somebody for X amount of years? And sometimes you just wonder and it can be scary. But once you take that leap of faith and you realize that you do have what it takes, that's that's the reward. The reward is I do have what it takes. And that comes in the form of doing the work, 
to personal work, working on your heart, working on, a, you know, one of my taglines is let's heal. Let's do the messy work by healing from the inside out. So we're going to cover all of this in the show today, and I'm so excited. I, I will say I have had this conversation a lot since my divorce. I've been divorced a little over two years now. And so the conversation about remarriage, like we're both agreeing, is a hot topic. And it seems, and I'd love to know what your observation is because you're doing this channel, you're talking to a lot of people. It seems to me that there's these extremes. Either you're in this hell no camp, like hell no, (laughs) never again. Or I really would like to, I'm open to it. Would you <laughs> laughing over here? Would you concur with that? Uh, of course, yes. I was on a, a clubhouse this morning, and there was a guy saying the same thing that you're saying. So it's it's it must be true. Yes, I know that for me, when I hear the word remarriage, Sean, I feel a little sick. I get a little sick mm-hmm. to my stomach. Get a little mm-hmm. anxious. My blood pressure goes up a little bit, yeah. and uh, I feel pretty vulnerable. So I don't think that I don't think I'm ready for that. Would you say that's a fair assessment on my part? That's fair. That's fair assessment. So how how would you uh, describe an individual who's more in the mindset of maybe considering remarriage? What does that look like? Mm. What is that person focusing on or what have they done to get to that point? Great question. Great question. For me, it depends on are you doing the work? Are you doing the necessary work? And what I mean by work is the healing. Uh, I realized that one reason uh, second second divorces, why they the divorce rate is high among second is because they don't do the work. They think that it's the person. They think if I just marry somebody else, then all my problems will go away. And I think that it's the, maybe more the, the, the partner they left. Versus doing their own internal work. Yes. And that's what the work looks like. And for me, that was crying. Yes, it was therapy. It was a lot of self-help books, um, you know, a lot of prayer, things like that. And um, just really internalizing your faults. And I think that's one way we can heal is realizing the faults that because I I realize all the mistakes that I've made. And I know this sounds funny, but I'm thankful uh, for my ex because I've learned more about myself and my faults through her. Which is a choice. I mean, I, I, you know, you have to be in that space where you want to do the work. And I don't think after a divorce, I mean, I know after my divorce and you can, of course, share your own story. I wasn't quite ready to do my internal work right after my divorce. I needed to have some levity. I needed to have some separation from that intensity. It's such an intense experience, as you recall, to go through a divorce. And so for me, I needed to enjoy what I call my honeymoon stage, where I really just, you know, loved myself so much and did a lot of things that brought some levity and happiness and joy. And I wasn't ready to deep dive into doing therapy, which is something that I I have done since my divorce. But my first year after, I just really needed that levity. Now, did you, where were you at right after your divorce? Were you, were you already thinking about remarriage or where were you, where were you at emotionally? With my story, I was married for 14 years, but a year we were separate. We were separated. So I was living in my own space. She was living in her own space. So that was able, that gave me the time to work on me and and no dating other people and, and all this other stuff and doing those things. I just, I had just spent a lot of time working on me. I worked a lot of hours at work. Uh, I would come home and uh, exercise and read books and pray and meditate, just cutting out all the, the noise. 
and getting to know me again, going to the movies by what myself. What was that like to get to know yourself again? What was that like for you? It was it was interesting because it was interesting. It, good. <laughs> yeah. Interesting is it, good. It was, yes, it was interesting. You'll be surprised at stuff that you learn about yourself apart from you know when you're going through this separation and divorce. And I realized the things that I like to do. Uh, and even me, even at the time, I was working on my podcast, my hobby. So that helped keep me busy as well. It's good therapy, right? Good therapy. Yes. I should say that neither of us are therapists. No. We're just real people sharing our personal just, experiences, right, Sean? Exactly. Exactly. Sean, why do you think people rush into relationships right after divorce? They are afraid to be alone. And there's nothing wrong with being alone for a season. Or it's, two or three. Or or two or, or maybe three. The rest right? of your life, if that's your choice, right? Yeah. I'm and and there's really nothing. alone, Sean. I mean, really. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> we might have some pets or, you know, who knows? Or children or friends. Or children, or yeah. We always have ourselves, so that's a plus. <laughs> So you're you're saying people are afraid to be alone. Yes. And that's why they rush into relationships after a divorce. Yes. Sometimes people, uh, there was something I learned from, uh, I, I forget his name, it's a book I was reading. I think it's called Seven Rings of Marriage. Okay. But he was talking about how when you get a chance to be by yourself, cut out all the noise, the background noise, the TV, the music. If you're washing dishes, if you're exercising, like just take some time to just sit with yourself. In silence. Uh, in silence, Quiet. yes. It's hard for mm-hmm. us, isn't it? To be. It is. But that's good it advice. Is. So sitting in silence. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's that's very therapeutic because now you start to think of all the, all the thoughts. There's nothing really controlling your thoughts per se. You're just with you now. No distractions. And no distractions. And sometimes you're, the narrative that you tell yourself can be positive or negative. It just depends on what you've been dealing with. So do you think also, I, I feel that in our culture, Western culture, mm-hmm. where there's a lot, you know, a lot of religious influence, that marriage is really an expectation. I agree. And I think people, when they're not married, either externally or internally, feel pressured to be married or to be considering marriage versus mm-hmm. Just living your life. I totally agree. I, I know I felt some of that pressure oh, when absolutely. I was uh, when I was in my twenties yeah. and early thirties. Oh, hands down. Mm-hmm. Media, movies, songs. Look at all those eighties. Like listen to an eighties love song, Sean. <laughs> I mean, my word. Oh yeah, crazy. Yeah, so I love the, I love them, but yeah, the messages. Oh my word. As an adult, no, you yeah. gotta like, giggle a little bit over the eighties love songs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's the programming. It is the programming. So for you then, when you left your marriage and were divorced, how much time in between that relationship and because you're married now, from my understanding, right. and, mm-hmm. and your new marriage, what what did that look like? Well, I met my wife on Instagram. Um, did she DM you? I, I DM'd her. Oh, you did it to her. Look at yeah. you. Okay. Yeah. You know, it's the old, uh, you like a couple of pictures and then you kind of like the other person pictures. Y'all kind of go back and forth. It's kind of like the bait kind of thing you know if they click back then yeah and then after the hearts then you go a little deeper and then you start commenting on their pictures and that's when you know they realize you're doing a little more work instead of just pushing this little heart button and so i direct message her she direct direct message me and uh, the rest is history and how okay and how long between the two relationships was that that was um, six months into my separation, six months going through my separation is when I met my wife. So were you afraid to be alone? I wasn't. Those, Maybe? No, I, 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 I really started to like the time that I would have for myself. 
I, I I just enjoyed that time after being with somebody for so long, you know, for 14 years. During those six months, I just said, you know, let me just really, I was really concentrated on just me. And I, I didn't feel like there was any pressure. It's just that when I seen her, I just need to get to know her, you know. So you and weren't she, necessarily seeking, quote, remarriage when you DM'd your now wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. You were just looking right. to have conversation. Yeah, I was just, yeah, because that's that's the way I am. I'm big on, on conversation on the deeper things of life, you know, yes, and like reading books and things of that nature. So, and then once she had that, I was like, whoa, like she she caught me off guard because she, she liked the uh, intellectual intellectual conversations too. Like we read books. We read 48 Laws of Power by Robert Greene together. We read uh, a lot of books together, Five Love Languages, all those things. And those things really attracted me to her. I was like, wow, because I got to know her more on a deeper level through because you us weren't really on the together. hunt. It sounds like you weren't really on the hunt. You were doing your right. own reflection. You found someone who was willing to reflect about herself and you could do that together. And it was more, it sounds like you built a nice friendship. Yes. It wasn't necessarily yeah. romantic maybe initially. And we were in different states. So. Oh, I like that. What states yeah. were, were you in? I was in Arizona and she was in Texas. Okay. A little long distance action going on. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Nothing wrong. With that. <laughs> so I want to dig a little bit deeper. I know we segued and I appreciate you sharing your story because I think that a lot of men and you, you've put this on your Instagram. So I think you might be agreeing tend to be quicker to remarry or move faster mm-hmm. into relationship with women. And I have my own thoughts on that. What are your thoughts on that? Yes. Men, uh, we, we don't like to be alone. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Yes. And I would also I like to kind opinion. of put it on. I want to share my opinion, but I want to hear yours first. Oh, yes. And I would also like to kind of flip that too, because oh, I was doing do. some some research on um, psychology today. And they're saying that women aren't in a rush to remarry because they feel that they have more, they will have to perform more work once they remarry. And that's more you see of- my little sarcastic <laughs> smile over here. <laughs> laundry much exactly in a week ladies (laughs) yeah and and that even goes into some because i did a video called true fluidity i kind of just came up with this term and it was more of men carrying this workload too as far as the things that need to be done in the home whether if that's laundry or dishes or kashan folds clothes shan wash clothes, Sean, wash dishes, Sean, mops, whatever needs to be done in a home to uh, help alleviate the partnership. Yes. Tell me more because, okay, here's here's my feedback on your comment, Mm -hmm. men not wanting to be alone. Men do not have the same practice with emotional intimacy like women do. Would you agree with that? You're nodding. I agree. So we women, I mean, we are so conditioned out of the gate to, you know, express our feelings, talk about our feelings. We gather with our girlfriends just to talk. We don't get together necessarily to watch a game or do an activity or we get together just to sit in front of each other and talk and listen to each other. Men don't necessarily do that. Some men do, but I mean, collectively, it's more you're doing activities. You're wanting to go out and do the play golf or, you know, mm-hmm. get together and watch the football game. You're nodding your head. Yeah. So, I I think men miss that intimacy that they have with their partner once that partner is gone and they want that to come back in some way. And that's my thought as to why men might remarry more quickly than women, because we already have that established. And and thankfully, I mean, I'm so grateful to that. I wish men had more practice and comfort with intimacy amongst (laughs) each other and with women too, because I think with even with women, men have 
have challenges that women don't have when it comes to expression. Yes, it's men. Yeah, we struggle in that area. I I totally agree. I think it comes down to us being vulnerable with each other Mm -hmm. if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable. Because it seems as if with us, it always seems like there has to be an alpha male, like somebody has to be the lead opposed to us just being together as a collective. Interesting. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. I suppose in women's groups, there's something similar. I was going to ask you that. Does it, is, is it like that among women? Does someone has to be like that alpha female and then or are you all just collective to empower each other? I think that it just depends on who you're spending time with. I mean, I have friends who just, I would say, have bigger personalities. Mm, and, okay. and I don't know if I'd call them an alpha female, but maybe you as a male would call them an alpha female. Yeah. I, was yeah. Just, I also know. think, you know, you're talking about the chores. I've read that men benefit more from marriage because women do a lot of caretaking. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Married men actually, yeah. Married men live longer too, you know, so. They sure do. A lot of benefits yeah. for men being married that maybe they don't always appreciate or realize. I was talking with a, a woman I know. She provides a service for me and she's been divorced now for 20 plus years. And she told me, I would rather be on a curb with a cup than be remarried. <laughs> Just like the laundry, the toilet. I'm like, oh God. (laughs) I resonate a little bit with that. But but marriage. Okay. When someone is ready to be married, what what are they doing that for you know, myself, I know I'm not ready. I'm not ready to be married. If I'm ever going to be married again, I'm not in that headspace. So what is someone how is someone thinking that sets them up to have a happier go around the second time? I think it's more of are you coming into this relationship as a and I know this word seems outdated, but are you coming into the relationship as a servant or willing to give? I think that's important because a lot of times people get into relationships and they they always give you their checklist. I want a man as six foot two. Uh, you know, I want him to make six mm. figures. I want it's I, I, I. Women but do if that. You, do men do that? Women, we we write of these lists. We have a checklist too. Yeah. Is that realistic, um, Sean? Should we stop doing that? We should. I was <laughs> I, I was on so. Clubhouse. The uh, I was on Clubhouse today, matter of fact, and I was talking about the 80-20 rule. And I was saying that if somebody if somebody has 80 percent of the qualities that you desire, you can't leave that on a table if that's what you desire, because no one is perfect. The other 20 percent are their personal issues. Some people have sandwich bag issues. Some people have garbage bag issues. It just depends. And I think it just that 80 percent. Those are the great qualities they have. What are their morals? What are their values? You know, the things that you look for, physical traits, all these things. So if they have that, you can't leave it on the table uh, because the sad thing is sometimes you can find the 80 percent. But some guys are they're so curious. They leave the 80% in, in pursuit of trying to find 90%. And that 90% part of that, though, is that with these dating apps, yes. you're just a swipe away from that 90%, Sean. It's, yes. like, it's like it's addicting, kind of. It's like you're at the yes. casino. If I just yep. go one more time, I'm going to win big. I just, yep. isn't it? It's conditioning us to ex- expect we're going to find that 100%. No one is it's ever going to be your 100%, nor should they be. 
They shouldn't right. be. You shouldn't need one person to be that for you. Right. Yeah. So I think that's where a lot of mistakes go. Uh, a lot of relationships go wrong because there's too many people that's in pursuit of the 90. And if that person isn't at 90 percent, chances are they might not want you. It just, <laughs> you know, it has to be. We're going to find um, another guy that's a 90 percent. Right. So, OK, internal work. You've been done. You've done some internal work. You're yes. you're looking to give to yes. serve. Yes. Okay, what's another sign that you are ready to remarry? I think a lot. Of, I think some of it has to do with partnership. I think some people, you know, they want to have this this longing, uh, you know, to be with someone else because some people are happy by themselves. Absolutely. They like, you know, I love my space. I don't, you know, but then there are some of us who have the longing to to desire to be with someone else who's, you know, they're willing to give love. They're willing to sacrifice some things and not in an unhealthy way, but just more of, again, willing to to give opposed to always taking. I think that's another facet of, of one to remarry. When I was listening to some of your your talks on your YouTube channel, just to get to know you a little bit better before the show. And one thing yes. that you talked about under the, you know, kind of the signs of being ready to remarry is that you're no longer comparing your current partner with your ex. Do you know what I mean? How many dates, Sean, I've gone on, on the first date, this person's mm. talking about his ex-wife. I don't want to hear about mm. your ex-wife. I didn't show up yeah. on this first. I didn't curl my hair and put on my cute outfit <laughs> to hear about your ex-wife. Sidebar. But you, you made that point and that's such a great point. Yeah. You're not even thinking about that person in a way that, that is negative. Mine is yeah. how they've taught you things or the, like you've learned so much or you're, you're appreciative of what you went through to get to the other side. I mean, if you're still thinking about your ex and all these negative things, you're going to really project that onto your future partner. Yes, that is very true. And, and even going into a new relationship, can you give that person a clean slate? Um, because sometimes and give if yourself we aren't a clean slate, exactly. Both get a yes. clean slate. Yes. Yes. Because if we, if we go into a relationship with things from the past, the new person that you're with, they're wondering, they, they're behind the eight ball. It's like you're almost setting them up for failure. Any other signs beyond what we've shared today that we are forgetting when it comes to remarrying? I think uh, one thing I did is just because you talked about this also on your Instagram page, learn to be alone and like it. There's nothing more freeing and empowering than learning to like your own company. Yes. It's nothing wrong with that. No, it's yeah. delicious. Liking yeah. your company, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's lovely. it is. It is. There's no, because how can you expect someone to like you and you don't even like your own company? Right. Um, I, and I mean, it's like a simple formula. But when was the last time you went on a date by yourself just to go and get something to eat and just sit there and just, you know, enjoy the scenery and go to the movies by yourself? There's nothing wrong with it. People look at other people strange if they're by themselves going to a movie. And I know we kind of live in different, a different day now with the pandemic and with movie theaters. We're doing I mean, a lot of movies on our own right now, Sean. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> yeah. You can Netflix and chill by yourself. There's I nothing know. wrong with Endlessly. it. Endlessly. <laughs> so here's a question I have for you. Do you think everyone's meant to be married? No. 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 Everyone is not meant to be married. And the sad thing is, you can go into a relationship and you're dragging someone to be in a relationship with you. And it's never really meant to be. But you have to embrace your singleness. I think a lot of people don't embrace it. They look at it more of like the plague or, or disease or something. There's like nothing wrong. Exactly. 
Yeah, there's nothing wrong with being alone. I mean, it, when you by yourself, if you eat, everybody eat. If you warm, everybody's warm. <laughs> you know, if you if you on time, everybody's on time. Like there's nothing wrong with with being alone. There isn't. I, I know I'm the relationship type. You know, I'm I'm a one woman kind of guy. I know me. Right, but, know yourself. Right. I think that's mm-hmm. also a, a layer that I've really learned since my divorce and I've explored and I've really enjoyed exploring it. I don't know, Sean, if monogamy is for me. And I feel okay with that. No, I know there isn't. It's actually kind of great. (laughs) Yeah. To to really like, yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm made for this Mm -hmm. and, and, Mm -hmm. and, that's fine. That's no problem. And I can find people who meet me where I'm at. You found someone who met you where you're at. You're very happy. Mm -hmm. I love how you adore your wife. I've, I've seen you put little posts. You have a little t-shirt with her face on it. That's so adorable. <laughs> I think if you're going to be married, you should adore each other. You should absolutely I, I adore agree. each other. That's fun yeah. to adore another person and be adored. That's delicious to me. Yeah. Don't waste other people's time in their life, you know, trying to suck the life out of somebody and you never really meant to be with them. You're just kind of using people to get what you want. I mean, that's that's selfish. You know, let, let people be, you know, respect their boundaries. If they don't want a relationship, that's okay. Let them be who they are. Respect as long as their boundaries ethical about it. I do I do think there are men and women who do not present their full story. I agree. I'm save everybody a lot of time if they would just do that. I know I've had great fun presenting mm-hmm. my full story pretty much out of mm-hmm. the gate. I find it very yeah. freeing. Yes. I like yes. it reciprocated too. Exactly. Be up front. Yeah. Be up front. Yeah. So but you gotta go ahead. Oh no, but you gotta have somebody that's willing to be up front with you too. Yeah. Absolutely. Some people, it's a reciprocal exchange, right? Right. Yeah. Some people kind of like to have on their Macy salesperson persona, you know. Always selling something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so when it comes to marriage for you, do you have children? Yes. And did you have, have. a child before you remarried or not? Yes, I had okay. at the time. Yeah, my daughter was 14 at the time. So it was just her and I. Okay. Okay. How did that? I mean, we can dabble just a little bit of the because that's another layer yes. bringing a blending families together. How was that for you and your now wife? Uh, it presents its challenges, especially when they're older, uh, because she she had a son, you know, in her previous relationship. But when I met him, he was three at the time. So he was still he was still developing. He was still mold him. Was, yeah. yeah. Moldable. Yeah. Right. Unlike a teenager who's a little more established in her personality. So do you have any advice for our listeners who have kids if they're interested in remarrying? Yeah, I think you have to allow the family to grow. I think a lot of times we just kind of put pressure on the the children. Okay, this is your brother. This is your sister. Everybody get along. Let's all take family pictures together. And they're like, I don't know him. I don't I don't know her. I think you got to give the kids and yourself some time for the, the the relationship overall to develop. I think statistically it takes around five years for a blended family to really gel. Wow. That's yeah. that's significant. I'm glad you shared that. I don't think people fully yeah. appreciate that. I do think, mm-hmm. you know, we put our children through a lot. I mean, divorce is hard on kids. Yes. And then and then their life totally changes without them having any say. Mm-hmm. And then they're put into other situations, again, where they don't have much say, at least, you know, they they didn't prevent you from remarrying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I will say another tip is to, especially it depends on their age, Mm -hmm. if they're of age, maybe a preteen or teenager, I think it's important to 
you don't have to tell them everything that went on with the divorce, but I think it's important that you do apologize to them. You know, I'm sorry, mommy and daddy didn't make it. Like, be vulnerable with them. And then that way you can kind of give them that space to, I think that begins the healing process. They need to be able to grieve is what I'm hearing you say. Yes. And I completely agree with that. Their grief is real and yes. it needs to be acknowledged and, and they get to have their space. I remember my daughter and I, we had a really powerful conversation probably a year out of the divorce where she was just really grieving and, mm-hmm. and I was really happy. And so there was this <laughs> big dichotomy, you know, between her grief and my happiness and having, you know, space where she could have her grief and I could have mm-hmm. my happiness and neither was mm-hmm. right or wrong. Mm-hmm. And it just That's took a good. lot of honest conversations and, and holding each other and crying mm-hmm. and listening and just being very transparent. I think it's really made our relationship stronger. Yeah. And allow your kid to have that space to, to speak freely. Exactly. So what is your blended family? How would you describe your blended family? Very busy. Very busy. Very, very busy. Very tiring at times. It's, it's, <laughs> if we have, yeah, we have, um, you know, my daughter, she's 17 and we have uh, my wife with her son. He's six now. Okay. And uh, we have two kids together. You are very yeah. busy, Sean. You got a lot yeah. of laundry going on. A lot of laundry. Lot of we laundry, wash. Sean. I am not jealous. <laughs> yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> told you that's benefits to being single, right? You know, oh, you plenty don't have of laundry. I still have children, but I have plenty of laundry, but I don't have that much. <laughs> so it's it's four of us. Well, it's six of us all together in the house. So okay. it's very interesting. We have a 17 year old, a six year old, two year old, and a one year old. Oh, wow. Do you sleep? Uh, When I can whenever I try to. And then on top of that with school too. So that's, that's interesting. That's a lot. So Sean, what Uh, about marriage is better the second time around? Great question. If you are in tune internally, I think it's learning from your mistakes. I think if you learn, it's, it's, it's so much more fruitful the second time around. If you're willing to admit your mistakes, there's, there's times when I'm talking to my wife and sometimes the old me can rise up and I'm starting to feel that. And I'm like, you know what? Feel like, like a stubbornness. It feel yeah. It feels like, it feels like almost like this little knot in your throat that something is about to come up. you like, feel it. It's like right there in your chest. And you thinking, you know what? That's the old me. I'm going to take a different approach. Defensiveness, uh, stonewalling, you know. Stonewalling. That's always not fun. Never. And I know the old me and I'm like, I can't, I can, nope, sorry, Sean. Can't allow that to happen. And I always joke with my- Catch yourself. Catch myself. I always tell my wife, jokingly, I always tell her, I said, you're the most uncomfortable person I've ever been with because she challenges me to, to become better and even challenging myself that I'm opening doors that I never was allowed to open in the past. And uh, it opens the vulnerability in my life to, to be a new me. The new me. I love that after divorce, we do have that space to create a newness. And it sounds like in a, in a new marriage, you have that space to create that, that new type of love. Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. wonderful. How does your second, I always like to ask this question, especially to men, how does your Mm -hmm. second marriage make you feel? I like to have people focus on feelings because we we're always so much in our head. Yes. How does your second marriage feel? What would be the feelings? It feels, it's, it's amazing. It feels great to know that you, you have another opportunity to get this right. Because um, it's very, very few and far in between where you really get those opportunities um, with the divorce rate being higher the second time around. So if if you if you are you know blessed to have that opportunity to love again, uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful feeling 
to know that you can get this right. And if you do the work, this is limitless is, you know, sky's the limit to where you could take your marriage and you realize how important your vows are. And I, I and I say this in a funny way, but this time around, I heard my vows. I don't think the second time, I don't think the first time I, I listened to my vows. You the just way said, I listened. but this time you were yeah. really present with your vows. Yeah. You caught up in the hype and, and, and the people and all sort of stuff. But the second time around, I was like, okay, I got this now. I really understand what I'm what I'm doing now. So I mean, love is an action, right? So every day you're taking actions in your relationship. You have to be intentional. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. have to be intentional every day. Every time you put your feet to the ground, you have to be intentional. So any last pieces of insight or sharing that you'd like to leave with us on this topic, this hot topic of remarriage? <laughs> I, I will say this until, you know, until the end of time, you have to do the work. You have to make sure that you allow yourself to go beyond the yellow, the yellow tape. You know, it says do not cross in your heart. You got to be willing to go behind that. Oh, I love that metaphor. And once you go behind that and you you see all the mess that's going on, you have to be a, allowed to address the mess. Because if you do have somebody that's willing to help you um, heal in that way, that's not saying that they got to be your therapist, but more of they kind of see where you where you might have failed in some areas and they like, okay, I can work with this person in this area. I know you struggle with that area. How can we make this better? And also I love that Lara about learning to be alone and liking it. I think that is so key. Yes. Cause you still need your individuality. Yes. Your uh, autonomy. Outside of your too. Yes. I am happy for you, Sean. My strong feeling is if you're gonna be married, be happy. If you're gonna go through a divorce after the fact, be happy. Find be your happy. happy. Find you're happy. If you're going to get into another relationship, whatever you choose to do, you know, just remember to love fearlessly. Love fearlessly. Be willing to put your heart out there. Love fearlessly. How can our listeners learn more about your channel and your books and, and all of the content you have out in the world about this whole scary to remarry topic? <laughs> yes, you can find me. I'm, I'm mostly on um on YouTube. So if you just search it's scary to remarry, I'll pop up because I don't think there's anybody with that name. Uh, even if you just Google me, you could just Google uh, it's scary to remarry. It's easier to remember that than trying to remember how to spell my name. <laughs> um, so if you just Google it's scary to remarry, you will find everything across all social media platforms. You'll find the podcast, you'll find the YouTube channel. Those are basically where I'm at the most. Wonderful. And loving yourself furiously is my passion right now. I love developing more love for me. That was something yeah. I didn't have enough of in my marriage. So in my act two, I'm mm-hmm. leaning into fearlessly loving myself. I love that. I'm so glad we could have this conversation. Yes. Thank you so much for the time, Sadie. I appreciate it. All right. Here we go. Out into the world, doing our thing. You take good care, Sean. Okay. You too. Thank you. Please be sure to follow, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also follow Sadie's Divorced and Happy podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to visit us at divorcedandhappy.net. Sean and I wish you so much positivity as you continue to live your best life. Maybe remarriage is in your future, and maybe it's not. Regardless, we encourage you to love yourself fearlessly. I'm your host, Sadie Marie, and I cannot wait to connect with you on our next podcast episode. Till then, you take good care.